and welcome to this episode of Game One Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Mark Scholl, filling in for Rhonda Oglesby. And this week, we're going to talk about the new first-person shooter Titanfall with Chris and Kelly from The Married Gamers. And then we'll wrap up our week with what we're watching, reading, and playing. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game One Girl. One of the most anticipated games of the year released recently, Titanfall is a mech warrior-like epic first-person shooter game available on the Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PC. I remember there was a huge line waiting for it at PAX Prime last year, and I was very curious about the buzz around it. And now, after reading Susan Arndt's article, Why Titanfall's trailer made me emotional, I'm even more curious. So I haven't had a chance to play Titanfall yet, neither has Mark. Uh, So we have welcomed Chris and Kelly from the Merry Gamers to join us today because we know that they've been playing so they can give us some first-person perspective on our new first-person shooter. So welcome to the show, guys. We're so glad to have you back. Hello! This is actually waving in the air. I'm a little concerned about him. (laughs) As if you can see him through the interwebs. I was trying to do my Oprah, channel my Oprah. Are you going to give away something because and you, you are? And you get a copy of Titanfall. And you get a Titanfall. <laughs> really, honey? We have that many copies of Titanfall. Didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. My husband. Well, someday we will actually be doing some video uh, content. So when we do that, we'll make sure to have you on so we can actually see you waving. <laughs> and your impersonation of Oprah, which I'm sure would be worthwhile. <laughs> we'll help Kelly jump on the couch. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise. No, crazy. I don't. We don't need that. Always a good show. All right. So, what are you guys thinking of Titanfall? How long have you been playing it since it came out? Yeah. You you played it like day one, didn't you? You bought oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Lefty bought it. Like downloaded it almost midnightish. No, no. Uh, as soon as I got up at four thirty in the morning, yeah, I uh, started downloading it, and uh, pretty much been playing it with the exception of last weekend, uh, in which I. Uh, played infamous second son uh i've pretty much been playing it quite a bit um right now they're sort of uh gamifying people to play it more because you can get a special limited achievement if you make it to level 50 which is the um threshold the yeah the cap before you can get to do extra stuff to level up oh okay and uh so right now um sort of as a gauge of how much i've been playing it um I've, i'm at level 45 oh. so i have <laughs> this weekend to really uh get after it but right uh, but what level are you kelly i'm a level two level two so so, <laughs> so she you knows stuck your toe in the in the pool <laughs> i have you she know knows I, what it looks like. I yeah i've been playing more Plants vs. Zombies oh. Garden Warfare. So Oh, Garden War I want to play that. I haven't played that yet either. Yeah, you know, it, and it's it's funny because it seems like with Titanfall, the, the nice thing that I like about it is it seems like it doesn't matter if you are playing it and you're at a level 45 or you're a level 2, you're not going to feel like you're, like, you know, if you play any other first-person shooter, if you're way down at the bottom of the totem pole, you're like, oh, great, I'm just going to put my... Controller to the side. No one can play with me. Mm-hmm. I can't now, play in the kiddie pool. Now that <laughs> and this is one of the nice things about the you know the current now now current gen system is they can tweak things much easier. Mm-hmm. And so now that people could get level fifty, and then then after fifty, you can you can uh, like level up in various means. 
So you, they, they do this thing where you're, you're, uh, a, when you level up and you become a generation two, generation three, four, and five, which is the highest. And every time you, you decide to get that generation, you go back down to level one. And, you know, that's sort of kind of how that works in, in over in Call of Duty, except without that sort of terminology. Right. Uh, but, but now that it's been out, there was a few problems with the matchmaking where you could you could tell like uh, certain teams you don't want to play against because here you are with a you know some level twenties and thirties and on the other side you, there might be some twenties and thirties but they're generation two and three and four. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah yeah but they're they're working on that you know they're tweaking with matchmaking and they also just announced that uh, if, over on the on the um, PC. If you're found to be cheating, you know, gaming system, you know, yep. using using um, special controllers and methods to get uh, sort aim of shooting, yeah, aim bots, yeah. That uh, congratulations, you're going to be playing with other people who have the same aim bots and oh, <laughs> so, basically like a cheaters league is what I was reading. Exactly, exactly. Oh. And there's some, you know, it's sort of uh, very Dante, you know. Uh, Dante's Inferno-esque about that, you know? Yeah. They're like uh-huh. Sisyphus, you know, putting, I think that was his name, that basically had to roll the uh, the uh, stone round and round. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a nice nice punishment. I Poetic think. justice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd say, too. You know, that idea of, of leveling the playing field, at least. Cheaters with cheaters. And, and in response to uh, about Susan Arendt's article, which, which I... I I love anything that she writes, but uh, yeah. this, this was really really good piece. And uh, this this sort of made me think about uh, uh, Titanfall with uh, Firefly, yeah. you know, oh, Firefly. Uh, Serenity Firefly. It sort of has this sort of breakdown of barriers in, mm-hmm. in Firefly, yeah. and that's sort of the same in in uh, Titanfall, in which you know you have men and women in the trenches together, um, and it's not just white men and white women, you know, there's... Exactly. There's a great diversity. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I, wouldn't tell, I wouldn't call it a great diversity. Well, yeah, there right. is diversity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Period. Well, and, I, I have a question about that because I went online, obviously, and I was trying to do a uh, Google image search. I went to their website and everything because I was trying to see exactly how different and how many, uh, you know, avatars there were for both women mm-hmm. and men and, you know, uh, people of color and people of no color <laughs> uh, and I couldn't really find a whole lot that that really illustrated the differences so how much how how varied is that yeah it, I, w- I would say there's probably about like two or three women sort of caricatures and then uh, two or three uh, men caricatures for the for the pilots mm-hmm. now I have not seen any female grunts they're sort of like the npcs in in this uh, in titanfall you can very much tell that those are based on a, a male uh, model mm-hmm. but uh i'm just glad that you know you you have a shooter which you know is stereotypically populated by you know your your bro bro gamers mm-hmm. and they're they're playing men and women and and oftentimes women because honestly when you're doing wall running you know it's a it looks more beautiful when it's done with a female form in my that may be mm-hmm. revealing my my uh incentivities <laughs> but uh, uh no one pays it any mind they're not like they don't get upset because oh darn i'm playing as a, a woman or, or or vice versa you know right. it's just like you know get me in the game the, these are the weapons i'm carrying these are my 
my my perks and I'm off and running. And yeah, that sort of speaks to you know, um, is it possible to have a shooter shooter game? You know, say they did a campaign for for the sequel. Is it possible to have a shooter game that features a a female lead? Right. And I would say absolutely because. People are attracted to this game for for the mechanics. Well, I was going to say, with this game, I don't even, as weird as it sounds, I don't even look at it as to who am I playing as. Right. right. I just look at, I don't think I've even, as weird as, I guess it's, you know, I keep saying as weird as it sounds, but I don't think I even. You see your arms and hands. That's yeah, you don't even look at, like, you know, most games you're, like, designing, okay, I got to see, am I designing my armor and mm-hmm. my out? You don't do that. You just simply hit the ground running and you go right and there's no oh look at you know like most shooters look at your boobs and look at your right your, look at your body but your body and yeah. look at your butt mm-hmm. you know it's not it's first person so you're just looking at your hands and that's it yeah. there's no storyline that you're looking at or anything right. like that well that's usually the argument that the game designers have or the game companies have you know the pr side of the game companies have about not having female avatars in yeah. shooter games the, they what come and what does it matter because you're not seeing them but but it still leaves you with that sense of um, of, of not being included when you are a female player and you can't, you know, that's how I felt. And we've talked about this before in the show and Mark knows how I felt when Brink came out, which I know Chris talked about in his article. Um, when Brink came out, I, I could not relate to that game. Like I could not get my head into playing it because I couldn't play a female avatar. And I made my avatar look completely nothing well, like, you know, anything close to, you know, relating to to me, and I really think that there was a good distance that that created for me with the game. Yeah, and I, I remember interviewing the, the the team who did Brink and asking them why they didn't have any female characters, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, there was no time to put them in." You know, no, it's just and you just crap. got that feeling that it wasn't a priority. Yeah, it's not because they they think that you know they had they have that feeling like oh you're just looking at the hands and the gun so it doesn't matter, um, but that also takes like the whole population of female gamers who want to you know Brink had what was it like 16 million options or something I don't remember possible co- possible yeah. combinations possible combinations yeah of of avatar but not yeah. a single pair of boobs you know come on yeah it's right. just dumb. Well, <laughs> And and to be fair, Titanfall isn't like a the perfect you know woman inclusive yeah. title. You know any any position of power. You know the the people who send you your titans, the mm-hmm. the people who are te- who are opening the the door for you to drop into the battlefield. They're 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 all men. Mm-hmm. You know you, you and you have a man constantly telling you when your Titanfall is getting ready. Well, you know I take that back. I have heard a woman. Yeah, there's a woman. That's the the yeah. woman who tells you your titan's falling. Yeah, yeah, and you see so, her too. So there is, I, I and she's yeah, a main character, I, and in, in a sense, yeah, yeah she I says, stand corrected. she says. Uh, however, when you drop into the game, it's always been a man. But yeah, yeah, I, I was wrong there. Yeah, but but you know, it's still you know when when you're talking about a multiplayer only game though, mm-hmm. um, it, is there a huge difference? You know, having female characters there versus having female characters, uh, it in a campaign. Uh, environment, you know. Of course, I'm absolutely for it, but uh, you know that that's the question: is uh, will will your bro gamers be a, be accepting of that? And, you know, honestly, you know, I have to give credit credits due. You know, if people want to learn more about the world and stuff. 
they're not going to care that they're playing a female character. Yeah, they exactly. Learn, they just want to blow <laughs> things up and learn about the story. I, I personally think it's awesome that they did that. And and going back to the whole Brink thing, when we played that, I remember, you know, Regina just, she wanted to play, she wanted to have fun with it. And, I mean, you know, aside from all the other things that were wrong with that game, um, that was just one of the main things that, you know, turned her off to it. And then, I, I, if I recall correctly, you stopped playing that within like a week or so, didn't you, Regina? Uh, yeah, I think... I think I went back to it a couple of times after the initial week that we all sort of jumped in and, you know, I played through the whole campaign, but I didn't go back and, and, um, I think you could do it from either side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From you both sides. It, yeah. From both sides. And I think I did it all through on one side, whichever side we were first playing. And then I started the second one and I was like, I can't play this game anymore. <laughs> yeah. And- There's another aspect too of the, of the game that I find intriguing. I haven't done it myself, but you know maybe in the future that I might try it for 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 a time. Is uh, for those who want to sort of live out their their morality in a video game. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the video games aren't real world. Um, there are a few people. One person in particular um, that I read about who is going through Titanfall and leveling up uh, without firing a shot, huh. and they're <laughs> doing so just capturing points and and earning earning. Uh, capture points and leveling up that way but they choose to play in this environment and you know if you if you're joining a group of randoms you may get a little mad at them because they're not defending in mm-hmm. any, yeah but uh, right. but they're they're playing the game that they want to play it in that's I like, interesting I, I sort of like that that mm-hmm. you know it's inviting like that i sort of suggested to a few people that one night we do a night where no one shoots at each other and instead we just do tricks wall running and, and <laughs> stuff like that uh and that'll be fun you know and it's a way that you're playing the game not in the tension that it was created for but you're making it your 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 own and you're right. having fun which right. is what a game uh one of the aspects a game can be Right. Well, and that's one of the things that I always loved about World of Warcraft was people going in and making their own game within the environment. Um, And once they changed it where you actually got experience points from the professions, I know that people went in and leveled entirely just from doing professions and yeah, gathering. Yeah, killing a single creature or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, and I just I think that's fascinating. I think that kind of divergent gameplay is what you know the game companies should be encouraging because it will teach you how to make different types of games that have you know that don't follow the same patterns that so many of the AAA games follow. The shooters that are easy to design and produce. You know, it it leaves so much more open to what the players can do and what ways you can play. This oh. this is what I worry about, though. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Titanfall is a success. People have been talking that you know it's a known issue that yeah you can play as a woman and no one is being judgmental about it. Will other people learn from this? Is this a is this a teachable moment when they start right. making their third person first person shooter that they're less fearful from being inclusive? Right. I think no, it's not going to be a problem. I, I I honestly feel like at this, at where we are in in gaming history, uh, I think we're at the the, the tipping point where yeah. it's going to start being more common um, for you know women avatars to be in any kind of game. I mean, you you were something you said earlier made me think about it, but you know think about. Uh, Mass Effect, you can have a female Shepard in that game and right. always have been able to have that. So I think 
I think game designers are coming to the realization that women do play these games and they do care about feeling included and feeling like they're being represented um, through the avatars in the games. And I don't think you can um, put the, this, the genie this, back in the bottle. Right. And, and this this week, we, Kelly and I on, on the Married Gamers, if people listen to our next episode, we uh, interviewed Manveer Hare from Bioware, and he gave that uh, now-famous speech at GDC about you know being that game should should address social injustices and one of mm-hmm. them being you know uh, racial uh, uh, women issue woman issues and, and uh, ageism homophobia and all that sort of stuff and uh, he he said something on on in our interview that really stuck with me but basically saying that uh, a huge part of the problem is when you look at the developers they're mostly white guys yeah. Yeah. Young white guys. And mostly, you know, mostly straight, mm-hmm. mostly young. Well, yeah. and like you said, it's no fault of their own that right. that's right. who they are. Yeah, but and that's, it, yeah, and that's so, all they know. Yeah, and so as more people speak about these things and being more inclusive and, and not being a a detriment to a game, um, I think they're going to be more aware of that. And I think they're going to be more aware that while they may not do, be doing it on purpose in some cases – that they need to be cognizant. And right. uh, he says, you know, there's no reason why, uh, this is something he said, uh, there's no reason why the main character in Charted could be a black man. Right. You know, it wouldn't change anything in any, any way. It just changes the box. So, so it's a good step. And, and, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, Titanfall is a fun game. And it's, a, it's, in a, it's an inclusive game, not just, not just you know, and having female uh, characters and whatnot, but also it's, a, an, it's an inclusive game by... If you're horrible at shooters, you're still going to have fun at Titanfall. That's the amazing thing about it is there's so much, like so many challenges that you can complete. That, and uh, even if you lose, you, you, you have to make this escape to an escape ship. And if you make it an escape ship and it doesn't get blown up by, by the ulti- other team, you get bonus points. Hmm. So even when you're losing, you're getting points and you feel like, huh. you know, you feel that sort of... Uh, uh, short hit, like you know, if you've done something right, right, in like in a in Flappy Bird or or any of these or or Angry Birds, you know how you sort of get that little short burst of of of, of accomplishment and it keeps you playing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what it sort of feel, feels like in Titanfall. It's like, yeah, yeah, I lost, but I made it to the ship. That's cool. Let's yeah. let, let's try this again. Well, it gives you a chance to still, even if you're not, you know, topping the leaderboards or whatnot. Right. You, you still have that sense, and it is that sense of accomplishment that I think, to a large degree, keeps people returning to any game that they play. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you guys think about um, Susan's call to action about trying to play games and not play as a white male? What do you think of that as a strategy? Uh, you know, you know, I ninety percent of the time when I play a video game, if given the option, I play as a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, and. I, I know, especially if it's acted by Jennifer Hale. But go ahead. <laughs> I know, and I know. I can't remember who it was that we had on our show. It was a guy that we had on the show, and he said he always he always played a woman because if he's going to have to to look at someone's ass, <laughs> he would look he's at a look at a woman's ass. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, yep. well, that makes sense. Oh. You know, why are you going to play as a guy? Oh, I have heard that answer ass, so many know? times. I can't yeah, even I tell you how many times I've heard that. The relationship was called answer for a guy, you <laughs> yeah. know? But, but then, too, 
I think to myself, why, I guess as a woman, why am I, you know, then I think, why am I playing as a woman? Right. But I guess it's because I identify as a woman. Exactly. So therefore I play as a woman and right. I want to see it played out as a woman. But I think even, um, oh gosh, I can't think of what game it was. Was it? Um, was it Boogie Bunnies? No, no it was not that. Boogie Bunnies. There's a flip off for you. Uh, I didn't even flip you off in our last episode. Um, <laughs> um, no, it was. It wasn't in. Um, it was a PS. The, the PS3 game that I played, honey. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. Uh, you couldn't pick the, the character you played as in that game, no. though, could you? But no. but some of the decisions that you could, yeah. could choose in there, uh, you could choose like male or female. Yeah, you played as, choices as in there. different characters, and and the the big the big detriment to that game is obviously you played a woman who who is a hero, and they show her in a near rape scene. Yeah, which is and <laughs> yeah, there was there were some issues with that that I yeah. that I had, you know, and it's the whole idea of and Manvir even brought this up uh, when we were talking to him. You know, why is it always that a strong woman has to go? It's almost like she has to be compromised. It has to be compromised in order to be a strong woman. And we need to get away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when, you know, you brought up Firefly, Chris, at the beginning of the episode. And that was one of the things that I love about Firefly are the female characters. But in particular, Zoe is like one of my favorite female warriors ever. And and she's she's not compromised, and that's one of the reasons why. I mean, she's just strong in every aspect of her life, and I, I think that that's a great thing. And that should we should have more characters like that. Yeah, absolutely. Male and female, actually. <laughs> but um, for me to answer that question mm-hmm. about honestly, I I I tend to play the female characters, not because. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> no, I what? have to say one more thing. What? And if you have the choice of the color of my character, I always make my ca- character green. green. <laughs> yeah, I make her alien. Green is a good color. But it's not and easy I, being green. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But I don't know why I always make my character alien. Well, oh gosh, I'm going to get so much crap for saying this. <laughs> Uh, so one of my favorite do I, games. Do I need to kick you last, in the balls? Last year it? was Saints Row Four, and I played as a female. You did, and you made her purple, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I'm purple and in sans clothes. Oh, yeah, but her boobs were blurred out. But yeah, but yeah, but it was just—it's one of those things where just because you can. Yeah, Wait, I have a question though. <laughs> I have yeah. a question because in that game you could make her boobs extremely like petite. Or you could oh, make yeah. them erroneously large. Oh, yeah. Did you well, make her boobs erroneously large or petite? I think proportionate, but 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 just think. <laughs> oh, you know, that's a defense. safe word to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Proportionate. They were proportionate. T- tastefully what? proportionate. <laughs> proportionate to what? Your hands? Um, <laughs> he won't answer. So, look at his face. Is he red? So, is he blushing? Yes, he is. Okay, good. Proportionate I had to, had to, to get that what? In there. Her feet? To my feelings about their size. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm never going to be invited back on the show. <laughs> I just answered. Import, proportionate to what I view, uh, what my own proclivities are to. I want to see the boobs on okay, this. Not, on okay, anyway. For D-Rain, I'm getting mighty uncomfortable. You are. Uh, in defense, I feel funny. In defense of Saints Row 4. Um, yeah, yeah, it's raunchy. But yeah, you literally could create any type of character. If if you're if if you I if you are trans, you can create a trans character. Oh, like trans transsexual or trans transgender. Yeah. Uh-huh. Transgender. Um, if you are obese, you can create an obese character, and they are 
a hero, you know, obviously this is a game about, you know, you're in a gang, mm-hmm. so, but you're, 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 you're still a protagonist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you look like. The f- female, the physical form doesn't impact yeah, the game. Yeah, male, yeah. male or female. If, if mm-hmm. you're short, you can play, play sh- you know, if you want, and that's, that's cool. I, you know, yeah, it's a Saints Row game, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I happen yeah. to like that Saints Row. It was one of my favorite titles last year. But um, I like giving, I like, I like big, no. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say, giving, I, I like giving, big boobs, or is that no. what you're going to sing? No. Uh, giving, oh, my giving gosh. Giving gamers that choices many choices. To make boobs? No. Jeez. <laughs> now you're twisting my words. <laughs> giving players that many choices to, to play a character that they have some sort of, right. maybe, not, not, maybe not even, even an identification with, but some sort of um, hope for right. you know, the game. Yeah. Well, I think it adds, just in general, I think being able to customize your avatar, even even when, you know, you can just pick like the colors of the clothing or the gear or whatnot, uh, allows a, a connection to that character that you may not have otherwise. Um, although I say that now I'm thinking back to my Brink experience and even with Brink and all the, you know, options I had, I still couldn't connect to that character because it wasn't a, a woman, a female, you know, avatar. Well, but janky uh, i don't know they all looked lank tall and yeah they looked like they were out of street fighter early street fighter 2 character yeah and it probably didn't help either that i was playing at the time with um with chris and he and we were in the same room playing together and so you know yes i when i was looking at my screen all i could see were my hands but i could just glance over at his screen and see exactly what i look like to everybody else <laughs> Okay, honey, in, in your GTA Five character, mm-hmm. you made a woman character, correct? Uh, no, actually, I played I played that as a as a as a male. Oh, really? Yep. I could have sworn that you. Made no, that. every all my friends played it as, as females, and okay. yeah. I didn't know that was an option in GTA Five. It, it is. It is actually an option. However, whether or not you played a, as a male or a female, it didn't matter. They all. They all looked horrible. I mean, the character models on that. Yeah. Just like, ugh. Huh. <laughs> well, that's definitely not a, that's not a priority for that. Game. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, that franchise just in general. <laughs> yeah. so, Reg- so Regina, you mentioned that, you know, given your, your druthers, you would, uh, you know, pick a, a female avatar every mm-hmm. time. What about race of your avatar? Uh, generally... Uh, it depends on the game and, and what the options are for race. I mean, you know, you know what my World of Warcraft avatar looked like. Uh, long time ago, barely remember. <laughs> yeah, that she was, you know, she was a, a, I'm trying to remember what her hair looked like and if it looked like my hair when I made that character. And it probably did. That was one of my first observations when I was writing the dissertation was um, I had I had created my first World of Warcraft character in my own image. I had cut and colored my hair and I made a new avatar with my new hair color completely unacknowledged like I didn't even think about that as a process so generally I tend to even if I'm you know like a night elf I would tend to go with lighter skins on the night night elf just because that's you know I am a pasty white girl so um, I tend to to have that even in in darker skinned or othered skinned colored avatars. I tend to still sort of lean to the light skin because that's a reflection of my unable to get a tan self. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, I I think that's everybody though. I think everybody tends to make 
um, you know, well, not everybody, but I, I think everybody tries to, in some way, find a way to connect their avatar. Yeah. And I understand what um, Susan was talking about when she made this, you know, call to action. I didn't care. And the reason being is she made this call to action to, to make a point and make it so people would see that, you know, if you're a black woman or a Hispanic woman or an Asian woman, there are very few game Choices, titles out yeah. there where you're going to have that as an option mm-hmm. for an avatar. And I get that. But being a white male, I don't feel guilty about being a white male. I'm going to play a white male avatar probably about 75 percent of the time. I occasionally will will do some gender bending on like a role playing game or something like that and, and make a female avatar. But yeah, but even part, when you have female avatars, I've seen yours, they end up with the same kind of hair you have in real life. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> I never even noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which one is it? You you used one on the site. Um, I think it was Guild Wars. Was it Guild Wars? Oh, right, right, right. My my female thief. Yes. Yeah. She was kinda. in all black and had long, like, reddish brown curly hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 But uh, it's also fair to mention that when I made my female avatar for uh, a Sith character in uh, Knights of the Old Republic... Um, she was bald. Yeah. <laughs> so. So was my character. Yeah. There. You know what's an uh, interesting comparison is, you know, so in Titanfall, yeah, you can play it as a male or female pilot. Uh, however, in, in the latest Call of Duty, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, COD. Ghost. Ghost. Thank you. Um, you You can play as a woman in, in multiplayer. You can play as a, as a female character. And you actually have more abilities to... Uh, like choose what sort of clothing that you wear. You you have greater choice in that than you do than you do at all in in Titanfall. Hmm. Uh, but but Activision really shows its true colors like in any marketing Wait, about the game. Titanfall. Uh, no, in, in Activision. Oh. Shows in in, in Call of Duty oh, in any Call marketing. Duty. It's always you know the only time you see a woman it's that she's she's a sex symbol. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. She's you know or or. It, in the for for the latest DLC or the last DLC, you know, the only time you see a woman on the on in the commercial is when she's uh, nagging, when she's a detriment to a guy's happiness. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. I'm going to be looking for that yeah. from now I mean, on. If you ever want a rage moment, just yeah. just do the um do a search for I think it, the the title of the commercial was uh, cod cod napping. That even sounds. Like yeah. male chauvinist cod napping. <laughs> <laughs> really? Because it sounds kind of like a closet case to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But overall, so you guys overall would would recommend Titanfall as, as a game for Absolutely. for people to get out and, and play. You know, even. It, it's even something that, I mean, I know it's rated M for mature, mm-hmm. but because it's got... It's more mech and not as much. Uh, it's it's violence. It's, That's it's, the only it, reason why. It's well, yeah. But I would say even like fourteen, fifteen year olds with parent involvement would be okay playing this mm. game. All right. Because so there's not would, la- there's not language involved in the game. I mean, like, except for except for other douches in yeah. uh, right other people who are but playing not the it. game itself. But not the game itself. Hmm. Interesting. What what about for people who like single player uh, campaigns in their games? Then you probably won't like it. Well, you know, here's the th- I love single player campaigns. I, 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 that's the first thing I'll play before I really play any multiplayer, is I'll go through the campaign. Uh, and I think 
that uh, that's the huge detriment to, to Titanfall. It's such an interesting world. I mean, of all the games not to have a single player, this is it. Because I want to know as much about this universe as I possibly can. It's it's intriguing. And the sort of multiplayer campaign that they sort of put in this game is um, sketchy. You know, is it's it, really is it hard like to follow. Oh, no, no. Brink even did it better. At least Brink oh, really? had, you had that those overly long cutscenes. Mm-hmm. On this, you wait for the match to begin, and, and while they're while they're loading up the match, or you basically hear it, it's audio. <laughs> it's just audio people talking uh, about you know what they need to do, what's your objective, and why the, you have to do it. And and it's so all over the place. It, mm. It's it's barely coherent. I I think they're doing sort some some transmedia type stuff. So you know we'll we'll eventually see. Um, I, they're doing um, some sort of live action shorts. Uh, soon. Oh, I think I I saw that. I, I saw. Yeah, yeah, and I have a feeling that we'll also see them in in uh, comics and and uh, in novelizations as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll they'll fill in some of that universe using other products, ancillary products. But if you bought the game itself, you you want to know through that media mm-hmm. more about the universe. Uh, so that's Doesn't... the great detriment to to this game. Yeah, it's kind of um, like buying a book, and there's no – they don't really tell the story in the book. You have to go check out the movie. <laughs> right, right. Now, that that said, this the, the multiplayer is uh, some of the funnest multiplayer I've played uh, short of Left 4 Dead 2, and I'm very huh. partial for Left 4 Dead. Oh, we love Left 4 Dead 2, so uh, that's, a, that's a pretty high recommendation. So yeah, I absolutely love the multiplayer in it. Hmm. Um, there. And not not just because it feels different from just your your run of the mill shooter, um, you know, with the sort of uh, the the wall running and the inclusion of Max and stuff. Yeah, that's that makes it a little bit different. But but I also love the ver- verticality of of the maps where it isn't just you know a f- sort of flat you know end to end. But now because you can you have jump jets and wall running and stuff, uh, you you as Big giant man, you think you're going to tear up the place, but yeah, people landing on you and you know planting bombs on you, and you know so so it's not just your line of sight, but but it's above yourself, and and mm. uh, there's so many um, you know Brink at its best is you really felt uh, alive when you find that perfect line and you're running and you're sliding and you're using all that great that mm-hmm. mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get that sort of perfect line in Titanfall and you just land that jump. And you remember, say, Xbox record that. And he's like, oh, I can't wait to see that. You know, it 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 really it does give you that rush. It really does encourage you. But it's not just that as well. It's also the, the system of cards. I love that they have these things called burn cards that you get for completing challenges and stuff like that. And so you get eventually when you unlock them all, you can play up to three cards per match. And these cards are various cards. Some are are you know run in the mill like you have an amped up gun to really super cool like uh, one of the most the greatest ones is you play this card and you can instantly have a mech. Usually you have to wait you know a couple minutes before you can have a mech, and you feel like you're a god when the game starts and boom you have a mech <laughs> and you're just running through you know. But you know so you have to almost be strategic on like okay. Your deck of burn cards, you can only have 25 burn cards. And so you're always like fearful of like, oh, my deck's going to be full. I'm going to miss out on cards as I, as I complete challenges. So 
I have to decide what, what cards I want to throw away, what cards I want to continue to use. But even that is, okay, I'm playing, you know, this sort of game type. You know, what, what cards do I, you know, if I can choose three cards for this map uh, or th- for this match, uh, what three cards do I want to include? You know, how will it benefit my team? How will it benefit me? Because sometimes you can use one that says, like, double XP, you know, and stuff like that. So you, it, it, there becomes a, a, a strategy, and that changes based on what game type you're playing and who you're playing with and mm-hmm. how you want to play it. And it, and from a from a game mechanic, uh, I haven't really seen that in, in a lot of games. And it's and it really, really intrigues me and sort of makes it like, in, well, in a sense, a strategy game. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. and, and, and granted, a yeah, shooter, when you're playing it correctly, is a certain type of strategy game. But but it's games within, within games, man. <laughs> and, and it's just it's just fun. Well, I mean, it, I, it sounds like it adds layers of, of gameplay that exactly that shooters generally don't have exactly and you know and i said um uh in one of my later articles on on the merry gamers website i said that there's a few shooters out there that can really revitalize shooters you know shooters for a long time Mm -hmm. had have gotten stale yeah and titanfall is the first one for me that has really shown that the shooter there there can be new life in the shooter Mm -hmm. you know the other two examples i i've used is uh chroma which is uh, from Harmonics. is it's a music shooter, mm. and uh, and I'm just really intrigued by how that will work, and you know, and and that will also play into a lot of co- cooperative, or excuse me, cooperative uh, type gameplay as well, and and uh, that just sounds so intriguing. And the uh, other one is slipping my my mind, but it just feels, you know, after like nearly giving up on shooters, it just feels good to have, you know like some new life in it. Right. Yeah. And that, that strategy element I think is part of what would give it that new life, give it a, a different uh, feel than like left for dead would have. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for uh, sharing your insights with us guys about uh Titanfall. That's uh well, now I'm intrigued. I have to wait. I can't, I can't quite justify the cost at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> you may have something else that has more justification. Yeah, I have distractions right now, but um, but it's going to be on my list of games to to check out when I get when I get some more time to play. So, and for our listeners, we'd love to hear what you guys have to have to say. Um, do we have people who are playing uh, Titanfall? I'm assuming that we do. Um, and what are your choices for avatars? Are are you uh, are you sticking with the the status quo, or are you sort of branching out as you're playing Titanfall? Check out the website Game on Girl com and let us know all right it's time for the wrap what we're watching reading and playing um i'm gonna go first <laughs> well you do that um, i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna start off with what i'm watching obviously because that's the order um <laughs> Uh, currently, I am going back and rewatching um, all the MythBusters episodes that I can watch on um, Netflix. Netflix, nice. Because um, I love that show, and I love watching uh, Jamie Heineman and and uh, Adam Savage bounce back and forth off of one another. Oh, you missed uh, it because they had the MythBusters at the um, the OMSI, the Oregon Museum mm-hmm. of Science and Industry, that was here last year. It was great. Yeah. 
It was yeah. so much fun. I, I had a chance to actually meet them at Comic-Con. Did you? Oh, man. Yeah. I love those guys. Did they get yes. themselves blown up while they were there? No. Oh, uh, they had the um, robot that, uh, what's his name? The, the um, What's the uh, Asian gentleman? Grant. And Grant. Yeah. And I actually met him face to face. And I oh, have to tell you. We have an intro to our a, show. From yeah, yeah, we have an intro to our show. And I have to tell you, that was my one time that I had like, a fan moment where I was like, uh, um, uh, uh, and I did not even do that when I met Mark Hamill. <laughs> I like walked over to Mark Hamill like he was like, you know, Joe Blow off the street. And I do that with Grant. Like, That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, the other thing that I am watching um, right now is uh, the current season of uh, the awesome show Archer on, uh, uh-huh. I believe it's FX. Um, and I mean, what what can you say? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the the silliness has just gotten even more out of hand this season since they are no longer agents and are now um, drug runners and nice. doing horribly at it. Wow! Well, <laughs> they haven't officially actually sold any drugs yet. Every time they try and do something like that, the plan goes horribly awry. Of course it does. <laughs> of course, there's no other does. way it could go. Exactly. How about you, Regina? What are you watching? I've been doing a lot of movies lately. This is is kind of divergent for me. I usually run, you know, series, TV show series. But um, I finally got out to see Frozen, and that was fantastic. I I liked a Disney movie. Uh Uh-oh. Which has never happened, um, <laughs> or hasn't happened for a long, a long time, at least. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. I loved the the sister, the sisterhood aspect of it. I thought that that was just great, um, and it was uh, visually beautiful. And there were a lot of things that I really liked about it. So that was enjoyable. Um, and I watched a movie um, that starred Tom Cruise that was on, uh, I think it was on Amazon Prime, um, called Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that last year. Yeah, last year, and I completely missed it when it came out um i don't really follow what i call green screen movies a lot movies that i know are mostly filmed on green screens Mm -hmm. um like this one but i thought it was a really interesting story and um i kind of caught the end i kind of figured out what was going to happen at the end of it um probably three quarters of the way through but i still enjoyed uh the story for the most part so cool that was pretty fun. And I did, for TV, I did rewatch on, on Kelly's inspiration, actually, when I was on your show, what, a couple months ago? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I watched, I went back and watched Veronica Mars on Amazon Prime because you had been watching it. And I had watched it before, and I forgot how much I enjoyed that show. It really is a great, it really is a great show and great characters. So now I have to go watch the movie. <laughs> what are so. you watching, Kelly? Um, so... I I can't even remember how I ended up finding out about this show, but I and I don't even know what channel it's on. I just like searched it on uh, Directv. But I'm watching Naked and Afraid. Huh. Um, I don't know if oh. you've ever heard of this show, but they drop mm-hmm. these they drop a man and a woman somewhere in the world naked, and they have to spend and afraid. And afraid. <laughs> uh, they have to spend seven days in the wild. And like it's really funny because they like they always tell them they they're a small camera crew with them and they tell them do not intervene unless it's life threatening. Huh. And they the first thing they tell them to do is like look at each other and just get over the fact that you're both completely nude. Okay, <laughs> now move forward and survive. So, yeah, yeah, and survive. And they have like a survival score. 
And then at the end, they tell them, they say if their survival score went up or down according to how they've acted out in the wild. But there was this one that they were out like in the Amazon rainforest. And I was telling Chris about this in the car today. And they were getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And I was telling him, you know, it's bad enough when you get eaten by mosquitoes and you have clothes on. Could you imagine being eaten, like, in your private parts with mosquitoes? And the guy went out and got, I didn't tell you this part, he went out and got a termite nest. Mm -hmm. Because I guess termites is a natural bug repellent. (laughs) And so he he brings it up and, like, they show him, like, you know, he's putting it on his arm. And then in the blurred areas, he's putting it and he goes up to her and he goes, no, I know this is weird, but put your arms up. And he just, like, starts, like, lathering her with termite. Oh, uh, everywhere oh. and she's like i wouldn't even let my husband do that, that doesn't but happen on first dates i guess yeah. <laughs> and he has, she goes i wouldn't even let my husband do that but thank you because i don't want to get eaten alive tonight by termites wow and i'm going or by uh, by mosquitoes by mosquitoes, or by yeah. mosquitoes and i'm just thinking how first of all how does this guy know it but it's probably because he probably had to do some survival training right. before they go out there but it's just it's an intriguing show to watch. Well, the thing that yeah. always cracks me up about it is that at least when I was watching the first season of it, it, it seemed like I, I want to say at least 75% of the time or better, the woman was the one that actually was doing the yeah. best to keep them surviving. They'd have these macho jackals that would go out with them and nine times out of 10, they would be completely useless. They do something stupid, like step on a big, you know, uh, thorn bush or they drink, um, unsanitized water and get diarrhea and would be completely of no use to whatever woman happened to be there with them. And <laughs> it just cracks me up. Cause it's like, there you go. There's your proof guys. <laughs> yeah. For, for me watching those shows, I can never forget that there's a cameraman there and that, mm-hmm. and then he's clothed. Yeah. Well, well, not just that, but these these people don't want to be sued. They don't want to. They don't want to risk notoriety if if someone gets like uh, killed. Right. You know. Right. So 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 yeah, you can be put in danger, but you're always. It's not a like True you're gonna die type mm-hmm. of danger. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a safety net. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, thank, and I was just going to say, thank God okay. for that, because if we ever get to the point where there's not a safety net, basically the trains come off the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be involved in our society anymore. <laughs> Anything else you've been watching? Huh? Yeah, and then uh, Chris and I are still going through Veronica Mars. We're, what, halfway through second season? Yes. And, uh, you know, I saw, I forget what one of our friends uh, posted on their Facebook page not too long ago about the Veronica Mars movie. And someone was like, yeah, I've been trying to watch the Veronica Mars series. And I just can't get past the fact that it's still the run of the mill uh, TV show. Like um, every week uh, she has to solve a mystery. And I had never thought about it. But when I, that, I saw that, it's like, yeah, there's that overall every season there's a mystery yeah but it's true that each episode there's a mystery to be solved Mm -hmm. and i hadn't thought about that until i saw someone post that and then now i'm watching it as to oh yeah there is a mystery a a lot of shows do that too yeah Yeah. x-files it was like the monster of the week yeah yeah 
and this there is a mystery of the week and i guess they they probably did that because they may there may have been someone who popped on to see veronica mars for the first time mid-season and hadn't seen veronica mars for the entire season right to know what that overall season story was yeah. and had to pop in yeah that 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 idea of the the overarching stories in a season is really difficult for tv stations to handle because they have to run the reruns of it in sequence right you know and and it's like that with um with veronica mars and and that overarching story uh they have to run those you have to watch them in order to get kind of the you know the big mystery solved at the end so to keep that balanced they do that you know monster of the week or mystery of the week in every episode right i don't think it's a bad thing and i think i think veronica mars handles it a lot better than even maybe x-files did because x-files kind of bombed on that a couple times so yeah, so yeah. no, aside from that, just things here and there that I think Chris and I both watched together. Uh, yeah, the highlights for me, uh, the the Americans. Oh, my goodness. I love the show. I mean, hmm. uh, if, you, if you have Amazon Prime, you can yeah. you can watch the first season. All right. And it's great. You know, it, it's hitting it's hitting some of those notes. I'm, you know, at being doing most of my growing up years during the 80s. You know, it's it's this is set during the Cold War and mm-hmm. uh a sleeper cell from Russia, you know, they now have kids and they're living in the DC suburbs and across the street moving, just moved in as an FBI agent. And, you know, and season two is just, they've really amped it up. And I really like, um, just sort of like the feeling that at any second they could get caught mm-hmm. you know, or killed. Right. And who would take care of the kids? In fact, that one of the plot, plot points of season is, uh, fellow agents of theirs, um, they who they have a, a a friendship with, and they know, even though the kids don't know who these these people really are, uh, they sort of do like these outings in which they sort of sort, sort of glance at each other's families without letting on that they know each other, mm-hmm. and they have this sort of friendship and bond, and this other family, most of them basically get that they, they get murdered. Mm. Oh wow. And, you know, and how that sort of hits home, like, this could happen to us, but will happen to our kids should this happen. And, right. you know, and, and, you know, this really powerful, you know, uh, female Sorry. character uh, also becomes more of a, a of a mother hand of, of sorts, you know, because she cares for her children. Hmm. And, and it's just this weird, like, these emotions that these characters go through. And uh, the, the storytelling is, is quite good. Uh, and and uh, it just it, it's just a very very good show and this is playing on FX, which is uh, also has another one of my favorite shows that is uh, wrapping up uh, and that's Justified. Uh, next season is its last season. Justified, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, started by uh, El- Elmore Leonard, mm-hmm. uh, who passed away passed away last year, and uh, just a, a great series in uh, about some morally corrupt people including the title character who is more morally upstanding than than the rest of the characters but still has his his uh, peccadilles so, so to speak um and it's just it's well told and and you know it's a great a, gr- a great watch and again again if you have amazon prime uh you know amazon has this deal with FX for some of the, their shows. Mm-hmm. You can watch all the seasons of Justified. Cool. 
Uh, over on AMC, wrapping up is uh, The Walking Dead, and I've been enjoying this season than a lot of other people have, just because I love the character moments of of, of uh, the show and the second half of the season there has been a lot of character moments and so i've been really enjoying that yeah see i I love that show too but i've been feeling like in in these character you know moments after the prison has fallen that and spoiler alerts everybody (laughs) that they've decided to make the characters stupid now um like specifically last episode we had Glenn, you know, in his eternal hunt for Maggie, mm-hmm. and he does something that I think Glenn should never do. There, let, let's just say that there's yeah. a a train tunnel involved and a lot of zombies inside said tunnel. Yeah. And if you remember Glenn from the first season, he would have never have done that. And right. I, well, I, I think talking, it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. I was just going to say, my my mom and I discuss the show every week, and she said, "Oh well, it's showing a change in his character and that he loves Maggie." And it's like. You know, I love my wife dearly, but if I walked up to that same tunnel and I thought for any reason she had gone through it or around it, I would be like, no, there's no way I can go through that now. I'm going to go yeah. around because it doesn't do me any good to get killed in there when I'm trying to get to her. Yeah, but, you know, I sort of viewed that as, you know, all these characters, they feel lost. Yeah. Because they mm-hmm. built a community. They built a family. And when they had to scatter like that, uh, you know, they felt they were joyless. They they felt you know like I said lost, and sometimes when you're when you have that feeling you don't have your wits about you, and so for yeah so maybe you know uh, that search for Maggie gave him that one bright light and he got he got sloppy, you know yeah yeah but, definitely uh, yeah. got sloppy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so quickly uh, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars uh, the unreleased episodes are now on Netflix Netflix so yeah. Taking the occasion to start from the beginning, and cool. uh, so yeah, I've been enjoying that. And last but not least, um, you guys are familiar with the movie uh, "Be Kind Rewind." Mm-hmm. I am here in Fresno. They have this uh, annual, uh, twice annual uh, thing called Sweet Fest by um, and by friends of ours, and uh, it's gotten very popular. And they have people from the community, and now all around the world put together Swedes and they show it for free and it's a family sort of family event at uh, an old local theater here. And, uh, it's just a really fun thing to be a part of. Well, I, I sort of want to do my first Swede. So right now I've, I've been watching or I've been trying to watch a whole bunch of eighties movies like <laughs> footloose breakfast club, 16 candles, first Bueller's day off red dawn. And I'm trying to like, uh, sort of do a, like a, a two-minute mashup of all these films and put them, mash them up together and do a suite of it. I'm scared And sort of, of film that with a, a bunch of, <laughs> of locals over a weekend. Uh, so, That'd so, be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll, I, I have to have the, uh, the a, when the Footloose key dance moments and the, and the Wolverines yell from Red Dawn and, you know, sort of <laughs> push all that, that 80s, goodness together so you know i'm i'm gorging on on 80s movies right now I'm that's what a, a friend of mine um for our new year's eve uh, my friend julie who listens to the show every week um put together a, a playlist for our new year's eve party and she cut uh sound bites in from all the 80s movies <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. It was so awesome because it was all like 80s, you know, dance music and everything for New Year's Eve and all these like clips of like the 80s movies and it was great. It was real fun. 
So on to what we're reading. Um, I am currently rereading World War Z. And no, I'm not reading it because of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I read, I bought that book many years before the movie came around. Um, And just loving it again. It's amazing how creepy that book can be. You know, when you know what is going to happen, but just the build up in each chapter, you know, the, the signs and the first attacks and all that. It's a really good lead up um, and uh, uh, climax and denouement at the end. I, I think it's a really well done book. I think it's probably one of the best books that I've read in the last decade, I think. Cool. So if you haven't read it and you've only seen the movie, go read it because it's infinitely better than the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I, books usually I might, are. I might suggest to you, too, if you like that way, that type of storytelling, go read The Martian. Right. I think I heard you uh, yeah. talking about it on your uh, um, Highly podcast recommended. today. Such yeah. a good read. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna check that out now that you mentioned that. I meant to make a note earlier. Now, mm-hmm. now I remember. <laughs> Write it down so you don't forget. What about uh, you, Regina? I have been reading um, a series by Cassandra Clare um, called The Infernal Devices is the series name, and I'm on book two, uh, The Clockwork Prince. Um, it's a young adult series. It's kind of my wheelhouse for for uh, for what I read. Um, and uh, it's got a steampunk element to it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. sort of based in... Um, I'm trying to think of when the era was, uh, late 1800s, I guess, sort of the turn of the 20th century. Um, and the bad guys are these clockwork devices that are imbued with uh, people's souls. And so they, they're given sort of life by this magic process that this really, really bad guy is going through. And, um, and I've been really enjoying it. The character, um, the main character in it, Tessa, has the ability to uh, morph her body into other people so she can take on their appearances. But when she does that, she also takes on their thoughts and she can think about, she, she sees their, their thought processes and sees kind of like how they see the world. And uh, it's a really kind of crazy process that she goes through to turn into that person. And then the things that she learns about them and their life and kind of how they see things is just, it keeps changing and coloring how she ends up seeing the world. And so it's kind of a really interesting uh, device, literary device to be playing with. So I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying watching her story unfold. What about you, Kelly? What have you been reading? Um, I've been reading Extra Lives. What was the author's name on that, honey? Oh, gosh. Extra, oh. Uh, Tom... Biddle? Bissell, Bissell. Bissell, yeah. Bissell. Um, I just finished reading uh, the last... Uh, you uh, the, G- the GTA one, I think, is the one that starts off? Yeah, no, 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 no. He starts off with uh, about... Um, Left oh, for Dead. gosh, no, 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 no. Well, his GTA one is, like, he starts scary about, and amazing. About <laughs> uh, uh, the, the... You have the bobblehead of it. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> is this terrible? Fallout 3. Fallout 3. Fallout 3. And he has, and how he misses the whole uh, fact that we have Obama as our president because he's stuck playing <laughs> Fallout he's so... 3. He's like, so, like, he's like, he knows it's going to happen, but he's so indoctrinated into playing Fallout okay. 3, like, and so it's, it's an interesting book. And I just finished um, Griefed by Krista Charter, 
which is her uh, latest uh, Lexi Cooper book, and Chris and I cameo in that book. Oh, cool. Yeah. Chris hasn't Hope come I survived. To that. Don't tell me. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. No, it was really funny because as I'm reading it, it's really weird because there's different it, – it's whoever uh, supported her Indiegogo uh, – at certain God, a certain level are in the book, <laughs> but it's really weird. Like there's a few people that are in there that I'm like, I hope they're okay with how she like <laughs> placed them in the book because I'm like, I don't know if I'd be okay the way she placed if if I had been placed there because I think you were got you had an option. Like she asked you, oh, yeah, you want be a bit good or bad good or, or good or bad, and uh-huh. yeah. So, but there, yeah. When you read it, you'll understand why I say that, honey. Because okay. it's just like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm no, not for us, but it's just, it's interesting how, you know, seeing your, seeing people that, you know, mm-hmm. and some of our friends is just like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. But so, <laughs> yeah. And then a lot, lots and lots of children's literature. Now that I'm working back in doing reading recovery with, yeah. uh, with children. So cool. Reading a lot of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> you never go wrong with the Seuss. Nope. No, you can't. Yeah. And kids love it, so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Uh, well, recently I was reading this um, Christian magazine called so- Sojourners. I, well, I say well, liberal Christian magazine called so- Sojourners. And then they had this, inter- this uh, interview with a woman named Nadia Boltz Weber. And she's a Lutheran pastor in Denver. And she uh, does a lot of speaking engagements, but her church is very inclusive and is all about just, you know, it's up to God to judge you and no one, you know, no one else. And it's very positive. They do a lot of great things in the community. And uh, I, I grew up Lutheran and I love the liturgy of Lutheran church. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Well, she has a book called Pastorage. And, and Pastorage is actually a derogatory name for a female pastor. And she hmm. sort of wears that with a badge of honor. And this woman, you know, she's gone from from uh, uh, being a, an alcoholic into you know, recovering from that and having a, a really bad uh, experience in uh, one of the Christian denominations that uh, really uh, ruined her. Um, and uh, she's has full sleeve of tattoos one, up one arm and down the other of of uh, the the uh, Christian year calendar you know on her arms and and uh she's she swears a lot in her book and she's very <laughs> punk rock and uh but she here she is in in this very beautiful lutheran liturgical uh uh history in in the uh in elca which is the evangelical lutheran church of america and uh so in this book it, it sort of tells her her stories of of her moving into this uh or becoming this woman that she is now. And uh, for me, uh, you know, faith, faith for me is something I've, I've always struggled with. Um, and, uh, and this isn't, um, I'm not going to get preachy or anything here, but, but I draw a lot of value out, out of things that she's saying. And it's really been doing a, a number on me and just sort of opening my eyes to a lot of things about, about what I believe and, and what my, my, purpose is here here on the planet on this planet and you know how i can be a better person you know let yeah. alone a better you know follower of of this religion and whatnot mm. 
Yeah, she. Um, I actually, I actually uh, found her on YouTube a while back ago. I can't even remember what I was looking for, and I stumbled across her. And I'm not a religious person by any stretch of the imagination, um, but uh, she struck me as being a really cool woman who uh, I think was uh, doing right by you know what the Christian faith, as I've always understood it, is supposed to be. So yeah, I, I think she's really, really cool lady. Yeah, yeah. So it's really it's a really quick read. I'm I'm about halfway through it, and and uh, you know any book that that you know makes me laugh and makes me cry, and I gain a sort of uh, a deeper relationship with with my with my own faith and whatnot. Uh, it, it is a good read, you know. So <laughs> I, I imagine this is a book that I right now I'm it's through a, a you know the library that I work with that, I, that I'm borrowing it from. Uh, but I imagine that this is a book I'm going to own and, st- and start having a stack of, of copies I can give to friends and <laughs> whatnot. Uh, so it's, it's a delightful book. Other books, I'm, I'm reading the second book in Krista Charter's Lexi Cooper series. And uh, that's, that's my, uh, what I read before I go to bed on the Kindle type read. And so I'm, I'm a slower pace than Kelly has been going through them. Uh, but but I'm enjoying him, uh, nonetheless. And last but not least, I'm a comic book nerd, <laughs> and uh, right now I'm I am reading uh, the '80s Thor collection by the great master uh, Simonson, Walt, Walter Simonson, Walt Simonson. Uh, great artist. He did this seminal run on Thor, an indelible mark upon who the character Thor is. He. L- this guy loves North, Norse mythology. He got to both write and draw Thor for many years, and uh, Marvel has been collecting these in in a series of trade paperbacks. And I have been loving just going through these, and uh, it's just good. And I'm not even a huge Norse fan, but but when you see a guy like just writing with such and drawing with such passion. You're like, yeah, I, I'm on board for that, and I've I've been really enjoying that. Cool. That kind cool. of segues into what I've been playing. Um, I've been playing uh, Marvel Heroes, and my main character on that game is uh, Thor. Actually, <laughs> um, I've also been playing um, Path of Exile. I've been in an ARPG kind of um, mode for the last couple of months, um, so. Path of Exile again. I think I mentioned it before, um, but yeah, I mentioned it too. Yeah, if you're looking for the true, the uh, true contender to the throne of Diabloism, it's Path of Exile. They they did a way better job of making Diablo three than than uh, Blizzard did. <laughs> in my no, humble opinion, no, uh, no online marketplace and no. No. <laughs> no, no, none of that no. stuff. No. Um, and, and the most complicated skill tree that you could ever possibly imagine. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, I'm assuming there's probably a thousand different little passive Combinations, skill modes on yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, uh, a first-person shooter for you to play that I've been uh, playing for about a week now, uh, um, Loadout, which mm-hmm. if oh, you like... Yeah over-the-top cartoony violence and, uh, um, you know, kind of adult uh, silliness in it. Uh, it's a really fun game, and uh, I've been enjoying it. And I'm not usually one for playing online shooters anymore because I can't generally stand the random people that I find in <laughs> online gaming well, world. 
and it's sort of like a sort of team of Team Fortress Two type feel to it. That's just you know you can't help but love it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just over the top. It's it's hilarious and funny. Like uh, you're they have really cartoony over the top graphics for you know when you get killed and stuff like that. Like you know the top half of you gets blown off and the bottom half just keeps running. Or you know you'll get shot and killed and you'll fall over and as you're dying you'll flip off whoever it was that killed you. <laughs> So, it's a fun does that, game. Does it have uh, Steam achievements in it? You know, I'm I, just wondering if there's like hilarious Steam achievements. I don't think they did to start with, but I think they may have actually released them with their domination um, uh, patch that they just put out. I think it was yesterday, um, but I'd have to check that. Anyway, um, so uh, Regina, what are you playing? Uh, I've been playing mostly games on my phone lately uh, because of my schedule. Um, so I have my sort of standard phone games, which are Words with Friends and Gems with Friends. Um, if anybody wants to play Gems with Friends with me, I would gladly have you join me at Doc Liz with two Zs. Um, I only have like two or three people I play that game with. Um, but I also got a, a game that I actually backed on um, Kickstarter uh, from a former guest of ours, we had Lynn Hogan on the show, um, God, a year and change ago. Um, and she did the artwork for a game called Monster Stacker. And it's mm-hmm. a little like, um, it's a, a physics Tetris game is how I would describe it. And I am lousy at it. And I mean absolutely lousy. <laughs> but are you having fun? But I enjoy it greatly. Yeah, it's got great music. Um, soundtrack is really really good. The artwork is really cool. Um, and so, uh, uh, I've been really enjoying the game itself, but, but I, I have a really hard time with physics games in general. Um, and this one's sort of taking the two elements of physics and like Tetris, where you're supposed to like make the monsters are all different shaped blocks and you're supposed to like fit them together in like really elegant designs. There is no elegance in any design I have ever done (laughs) in this game. It's just all... Like, let me see if I can make this kind of squeeze by so I can get the minimum stars to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. (laughs) What about you, Kelly? Um, So, for some reason, Chris thinks that it's fun to torture me on Alpha Jacks um, on (laughs) our Windows phones. And so... um, the thing is, is I think Chris doesn't really know real words, and he like just throws letters on his his Alpha Jacks thing because like he sends it to me and it's like this word with like an X and a Y and it no, he it's goes an or an X I and I'm like so what does that word really mean and he's like it's it's really a word really look look it up on the dictionary and I'm like it's worth, uh, thirteen points. Yeah, and it's like worth thirteen points because it's like triple and the triple point value, and I'm like, yeah. Well, what is the value? What does it mean? And he's like, well, look well, it up. I'm using the... a sentence. Yeah, when I use you... the word, my sentence is usually when I use the word Z, it's worth thirteen points. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I and I told him I'm like, well, what does it mean? He goes, well, look it up in dictionary.com and you'll find out. And I'm like, you know what? That's like not. It, it, that doesn't work. Let's me play it, so it must be right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, but the bad thing is, is we both, we have two games going on in this in our uh, Alpha Deck, so it allows you to play. I think we probably could play like thirteen tables if we wanted to, but in one of ours, that we've played it somehow or another so tightly that we can't 
play tiles because we're playing small words so we're both are like just literally throwing tiles and going does it stick Uh, yes okay good that's hilarious yeah yeah that happens in my word with words with friends games all the time where i end up like i play against people who all stack you know words and we'll there'll be a third of the board that's like completely not used because we just didn't even get over to it at the end of the game and, and i'm convinced there's an app, there's apps out there that help you with words because yeah you're with oh, yeah. i'm consistently finding people like they you know they're doing like 45 point words yeah. like time after time again i'm like yeah there is no way i mean i granted there's a lot of people who are much smarter than i am yeah no there are there are word finders yeah i actually um i looked at the reviews one time on words with friends and one of the like one of the recurring critiques was just put the word finder in the game i'm like you understand that's cheating right (laughs) yeah and then um I hate to admit it, but on on my iPad, um, I've been playing Candy Crush, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 the only time I, I can't believe I'm actually admitting this on your game on your show, um, you- I guess because I want to admit it on our it's, it's a toilet game, um, <laughs> <laughs> so so you know it's you can get five turns and hang on don't play that on the iPad. Yeah, I can never play. I can never take my my tablet, my my beautiful Surface, and play it on the use it on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it you only get listen to me because okay. you only get five turns, and then unless somebody's giving you more turns, so it's a perfect toilet game. <laughs> That's how I feel about Bejewel Blitz. The added shit or get off the pot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, and so like it and. You know, I was stuck on I was stuck on one level, and okay, so Chris and I have had this conversation with his tiny, tiny. Death. <laughs> Watch what you say there. <laughs> <laughs> what was that tiny Death Star game? Yes, tiny and, Death Star. And he spent money on it. Real, real it was a free, like real a money, and so that I don't even get achievements for. Right, oh. and so I told him, "You spent money on this, and you spent real money. I'm one." one uh, gel spot away from winning this, uh, can I spend 99 cents? He's like, no. And I'm like, fine. I won't spend money on it. And so, com- your, your sense of accomplishment. Yeah, 250 <laughs> days later, I finished that level. <laughs> and, but, and then, then imagine my defeat when it goes, in order to move on, you need to ask two friends to help you. Uh, <laughs> and then you have to, like, wait two days when those two friends actually decide to help boy, you. Man, no wonder people hate hate those guys. Yeah, really, and so, but you know really what I heard? They on, like, they really want you to buy stuff. Yeah. So you know what, but you know what I heard? That they're actually getting ready to sell, that King Software is getting ready to sell stock for Candy Crush? Oh, no, no, no. Did you hear? They had the worst opening for an IPO yeah, they long, for like twenty like twenty four dollars a share. Yeah, and then like within, of, of uh, you know, I can't remember the exact time, but it, soon like soon after, it dropped down to nineteen dollars. Oh like, gosh! Yeah, wow. and now they may be getting sued by the company that originally made a game yeah. um, much like Candy Crush. You that, mean Bejeweled? That these guys Candy Swipe can, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That, the, that the King, these guys that King stole. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, they completely ripped that game off. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, so that's we... that's about all I've been playing. But yes, go ahead. 
I was just going to say before we move on to uh, what Chris has been playing, I just wanted to point out to you, Kelly, that I did look it up, and Z is word. It is the 14th letter of the Greek alphabet. And there you go. There you <laughs> now go. you know. But you know what? It's still cheating. <laughs> <laughs> right. And with that, Chris, what have you been playing? Uh, He's been cheating well... in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you've been beating me? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think that's a game on girl foul. Yeah. <laughs> foul, you're all game on girl. <laughs> um, so, obviously, Titanfall, you know, that's why we're why we've been invited last time we're I'm, we're going to be invited here because i've been beating my wife <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a, a pax panel why not to be why does never say you've been beating your wife right. <laughs> on a, on a things not to say on your podcast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's true um so last weekend instead of playing titanfall i basically um tapped a vein and just played infamous yeah, second I was gonna say, son. Yeah, I finish that sentence, please. <laughs> I, I, I I tapped that vein hard for infamous second son. Um, it is the first game that uh, offers a compelling reason why you should run out and buy a PS4. Hmm. It's yeah. a beautiful looking game. It is um, you don't really need to know anything about the about the infamous series. You know, so it's easy to pick up for first timers. For long timers, there's just a little bit in there to of connective tissue to make you realize, you know how, you know, you know, oh, I know why, the, you know, this is going on and stuff like that. Um, the mechanics are basically the same in, uh, of the other infamous games, and uh, you know, a lo- lot of uh, missions here, go there, do that, uh, collect this, find find things, which you know, um, as a huge Crackdown fan. Any game in which I have to find shards, and in, in, in here in Infamous it's called shards, to make myself more powerful, to unlock more more uh, more abilities and stuff. I am all for that. I'll, I'll play that game, and I did. I played that game from start to finish over a weekend, and absolutely loved it. It's not the greatest game in the world, but it's one of those games, you know, a little bit like GTA V did with uh, with uh, LA. You know, this is sort of a an amalgam of Seattle. In infamous second son and there's enough beautiful touch points like you know the, like the uh, pink elephant car wash and jimmy uh, hendrix statue and of course you got the the uh seattle the, the space needle which actually is the space needle because they got the rights to it but these other things they're they're actually named something else but you know what it is and I and I and I believe they even have the the uh, bubble gum wall somewhere in it, although yeah. I haven't found it yet. Um, so there's That's all these, awesome. yeah. So there's all these little nice touch points where you can play the game and have a lot of fun playing the game, doing what you're supposed to do, or you can also just spend some time exploring, and mm. that oftentimes can be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, but but playing the game itself is a lot of fun, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And then the the deeper issues, you know, the things that. Uh, us liberals like is, you know, really toxic. You know, there's there's that you uh, the larger issue on safety versus security and how often we want to be have things, uh, you know, to be watched and intruded upon and you know so that that's a that's one of these issues. Uh, the the main character isn't a white character. You know, he's he's a a Native American character, mm. and uh, and uh, you're dealing a lot with. Uh, uh, xenophobia 
And uh, in those type of issues, you know, especially as as this is a society that's round up all all these uh, these specials, you know, they're named one with character or with uh, powers, you know, get get branded as terrorists because they have power. Um, and so it deals with with a lot of those issues and stuff. So so uh, this is a game that is trying to not just be a, be a uh, fun game, which it is. But it's also a, a meaningful game as well, so uh, I I really do recommend it. Hmm. Uh, awesome, I, it's a cool, fun game. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's what we've been watching and reading and playing. Thank you, Chris and Kelly, for sharing that with us and taking the time to do so. And making this one of the longest episodes of Game On, Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've quite hit that, but. <laughs> And uh, if any of our listeners out there would like to share what they're watching, reading, or playing at this point, uh, you can certainly do that by uh, jumping onto the Game on Girl site and uh, sharing in the comments. You've been listening to Game on Girl. You can find all the social media connections on our website, GameOnGirl.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RowRoom. <laughs> and I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. Uh, guys, uh, one of my all-time favorite days of the year is coming up. Um, April 5th is International Tabletop Day. So I thought it was April Fool's Day was your favorite day of the year. Oh, April, April, April Fool's Day is one of my, my favorite anniversaries of my life because that's the day I defended my dissertation <laughs> <laughs> and became a doctor. And yes, I was terrified that my committee was going to go, congratulations, you're done. April Fool's, go back and rewrite it. <laughs> oh, that would have sucked. Yeah, I, I did worry that they were going to do that to me. They didn't, though. They knew that I would have a heart attack. But um, no. So, yeah, so April 5th is uh, International Tabletop Day. Do you guys have any plans for the married gamers to do some tabletop gaming? on? Uh... My, my, there's, a, there's a really great place locally called Crazy Squirrel. Yeah. Oh, nice name. That's and, fantastic. And they just expanded their their shop like yeah. by like what was it like twelve hundred square feet? Yeah, and they're actually quite popular. And it's really weird because friends of ours, uh, their their kids are you know like totally into Doctor Who and stuff like this. And uh, instead of like doing you know like soccer and you know that sort of like uh, uh, on the go family type things. But they do do they, music and stuff like yeah, that with their kids. They 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 take them on Saturdays to go play, you know, tabletop Dungeons games. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons That's and awesome. Dragons, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just weird. Like, you know, it's become in fashion for people. Nice. And I'll be honest. I I, I, I played a little bit of Munchkin, Munchkins back in the, you know, uh-huh. a couple packs east ago. And um, I'm sort of kind of doing a D&D next campaign but we meet so infrequently uh so the whole world of, of tabletop gaming is like totally alien to me and i'm i'm a i'm a bit intimidated it's weird i'm like actually afraid but i, oh. I really want to know more i i hear like pathfinder if i like D pathfinder is the go-to game for that now mm-hmm. and so i really yeah. want to learn more about this i feel like cool. like there's so much and and i that i want to learn but then again i I don't want to like my greatest fear for a long time was um, I don't want to, you know, hang out with people who may not have social graces, you know, so to speak. <laughs> Chris, in, in, Chris. And, and, and in their living rooms. But here, you know, you rent table space and you play in a well-lit environment. And yep. it's like, that's, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Chris, don't, don't be afraid. Embrace your <laughs> inner geek and let it guide you. <laughs> Think of so, it. There's a whole nother way of gaming. Let it lead there. you to the tabletop. <laughs> And let you so, game yeah, there. 
Both Kelly and I are probably going to be hanging out to that crazy squirrel that day. That'd be awesome. So crazy squirrel. I'll have to um, get the link for that and I'll put it up with the post. Um, I'm going to be with our intern, um, Isabella, at uh, Cloudcap in Portland, Oregon. Um, they're going to do, I think they have like 16 hours, 12 or 16 hours worth of events going on for Tabletop Day. Um, my friend Eric is organizing some of those. So um, come out to table to Cloudcap if you're in the Portland area and check it out. They have great selection, great, knowledgeable, fun staff. So I, I love their space. And uh, they have all kinds of great stuff going on. So check them out and come out and see it. And if you're in another area, go to tabletopday.com and find an event near you or register an event. If you're having an event in your living room, you can register it there as well um, and get whatever uh, other perks come with you know creating your own event so get out and and try some tabletop games and face your fear chris come on <laughs> have faith you can become a tabletop gamer too <laughs> I hope in, so. in fact if, if you aren't by the time pax prime rolls around remind me and i'll bring a couple of games and we'll like set off at least like a couple of hours to sit together and get some yeah. tabletop gaming in so we have some good infection vectors as well wheaton calls them on tabletop games that we can get you going with <laughs> yeah. So many, many thanks to uh, to Chris and Kelly. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, it was Thank a you. great conversation. We really enjoyed it. Thanks to Mark for filling in for Rhonda this week. Um, you guys are the bomb diggity, and I'm probably dating myself using that slang, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to listen more to our ramblings, uh, the Married Gamers uh, podcast, and uh, our home is themarriedgamers.net. And uh, if you want to uh, give give me a hard time for not letting Kelly speak as much as that she should have, <laughs> uh, that's uh, at Lefty Brown and Kelly. Go ahead. At Mrs. Lefty Brown. Yes, definitely follow them on Twitter. These are some of my favorite podcasting people ever. So go support their show. If you don't listen, you really should. <laughs> and we thank you for listening to Game On Girl. Um, you can find our links to this about this episode on GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Game on! Game on!